before we kick off the episode. A quick, huge thank you to everybody who's gone onto their podcasting app on their iPhone and left a review for Interverse. This is really, really helpful. A lot of you have been doing it, and seriously, it's one of the best ways that you can help out the show. So if you've got an iPhone and you are listening to Interverse right now, which I feel like you are if you're hearing me say this, then please search for it in the app. Not not in your subscriptions, but actually in the place on the podcast app where you search for things. Search for Interverse Podcast. Leave a review. Five stars. Don't even worry about writing anything. And you'll be helping Apple decide to show the show to new people. Their search algorithms are completely dependent on the review system. So for whatever reason, that's like one of the best ways you can help out the show. So do that. Leave a five-star review. And then we'll get started. Thank you very much. Interverse is currently sponsored by WanderWearShop.com. You'll find crystals, cool-ass hats with custom flat bills made of wood carvings. There's paintings. There's handcrafted, upcycled clothing. Everything my friend Marina does at WanderWear is sustainable and organic if possible, and she's doing her best to make her creativity the light of the world for her universe, and she's also done me a huge favor and granted Interverse listeners a 12% discount if you use the checkout code INTERVERSE, all caps, whenever you check out. So, go to wanderwareshop.com. And, if you're interested in having me pimp out your shop, or your art, or your music, or anything really, just get on patreon.com slash interverse and you can find a whole structure of reward tiers where you can get shout outs, you can get reposts of your content, you can get me to do an actual promo like I did for Wonderwear just now for anything that you want. And it doesn't cost very much. I'll let you go to explore that. There will be links in the episode notes to wanderwareshop.com and to my Patreon page. And even if you don't want to get advertised, you could still donate to the show through Patreon. Just giving me a dollar a month would be basically you telling me that you want me to be a podcaster and you want me to keep making this. And it doesn't really hurt that much to take a dollar out of your pocket once a month. If you can find it in your heart to support this show and help me make it into my full-time job, go for it. I'll love you a lot. And huge thanks to everybody who's already supporting me on Patreon. Your support has given me all kinds of motivation to keep working hard and making this show into the best thing that I can. And speaking of shoutouts and all that through the Patreon, I'm going to go ahead and do the February shoutouts for the first round of $1 patrons. If you don't hear your name and you donated, it's because you're in the higher tiers and I'm going to give you guys a shoutout next episode. I want to break it up so it's not all at once and yeah, I want to. that's how I want to do it. <laughs> okay, so... You $1 people who are really, really awesome people. The Universal Tribe, as you're called. Lene Wright. Thanks, Lene. Leah Purrier. That's my awesome mother-in-law. Zach Evans. Good friend of mine. Garrett Graham. Hey, wait. Garrett Graham. That's the guy who's being interviewed for this episode right here. And he's a patron. Thanks, Garrett. Love you, buddy. Kylie Walker. Love you. You're amazing. <laughs> Adam Nathan. Thank you, Adam. Nolan Powers, powerful Nolan. Angela Bacon, that is a past guest of the show as well. Wonderful human being right there. Chelsea Hayes, love you, Chelsea. 
Austin Jones. Hey, yet another person who's been a guest on the show. That's Cadella, by the way. Derek Schaefer. Thanks, Derek. Brittany Woosley. Thank you, Brittle. Jessamine Orchard Music. Jessamine Orchard is going to be on the show someday whenever we get our schedules aligned. Shannon Henderson. Oshalmon. Justin. Thank you, Justin McGuffey. Huge supporter of the show since day one. Andrew Tinsley. Great, great homie of mine. Also been a huge supporter of my show since the beginning. Chris Myers. Can say the same thing about you, Chris. Thanks a lot, dude. Keep making cool visualizers. Hope Nara's going well. Uh, Colin Powers, the other powerful Colin brother, or Powers brother, Colin brother. Yeah, Colin and Nolan Powers. You guys are awesome. I want you both back on the show soon. Caitlin Keller, that's another friend of mine who's been supporting since day one. Thank you so much. Kabobo Kabir, great, great friend of mine as well. Hope to see more of you soon, friend. And thank you for the dollar. Ben Hardsty. Is that how I say your last name? I don't think I've ever tried. Ben's going to be on the show someday as well. He's a podcaster as well. And Kyler Brown, also a past guest of the show. Thank you for your dollar, my friend. Looking forward to having you on here again soon. So yeah, that's all the $1 shoutouts that I'm doing for this episode. If you're interested in getting a shout out on the show, it only costs a dollar and you're also helping me out. You're sending energy to this thing that I'm trying to build and I appreciate it massively. So please consider following the links on my website or in the episode notes to Interverse on Patreon. Huge, huge thank you again to all of you who are already doing it. And yeah, I guess I should get on to introducing Garrett now. I don't think it will really require all that much explanation. Who Garrett is really comes through in the conversation. He, in my opinion, he's like a really advanced type of soul who is just here to help other people. It seems like I've never really sensed any kind of motivation or any kind of idea out of Garrett when I've been around him for anything other than trying to bring other people to their highest potential. And that's all that really love is, in my opinion, is the recognition and the enhancement of the highest potential in yourself and in others. That's what love does. Garrett's all about optimizing other people, not through telling them what to do, although he does give strong advice in this episode, but really just through living the example himself and being a loving, compassionate, kind person all the time. So thank you so much, Der- uh, Garrett, for coming on the show. I almost said Derek. Derek Klusing. That's who I wanted to bring up real quick before we get on to the interview. That's whose music you've been hearing in this episode. Thank you, Derek Klusing. Check out his page on SoundCloud. Lots of really cool compositions there. And yeah, there will be links to that in the episode notes. And that's it. I'm done introducing this episode. Thanks for listening to the show. Share it with a friend if you can. Or just, you know, stay tuned for more. There's a lot of cool stuff coming up. I love you guys. And I guess I'll get on to it now. Thanks for listening.
Welcome everybody to the podcast, my great friend and one of the few people in the world that I would actually call a shaman, Garrett Graham. Say hello, Garrett. He's drinking tea right now. <laughs> now say hello. Hey, friends. So uh, what brings you here to Springfield, Missouri on this fine evening? So I've, I've come to be with uh, a good friend of mine, Chance Garten, who I have the absolute pleasure to know and uh, have met at Shamanic Boom, a festival in Ava, Missouri, that I was grateful to be able to participate in earlier uh, last year in 2016. I remember that festival fondly. And uh, as I recall, you led a workshop there, actually, that involved... There's a lot of crystals there, like this giant piece of quartz that you've got in front of us now. And uh, you, as I recall, you you and another Amy called down uh, a lot of help from entities and beings, what others might call aliens, what I might call parts of ourself in a different aspect of the timeline. Um, and we all together, decided to relinquish baggage we're holding on to and negativity that was old and entrenched. And essentially it was a big karma clearing moment for me. It didn't necessarily change every pattern in my life that right then and there, I wish I could have changed, but it did set me in the direction of being able to change certain patterns in my life without going into specifics. And in, by doing what it did for me was, um, helped me not judge myself for the patterns I had and cause myself more pain through the judgment that would therefore make me want to repeat the pattern further as a pain escape pattern, such as many of our bad habits are. Anyway, so thank you for that. That was a long-winded way of trying to say thanks for that really cool workshop. That was a great way to make a friend. I love, I love, um, the openness of that kind of information coming across in the festival workshop environment, I guess. Cause it's like you in a lot of other times you might hear Pleiadians are here and you'd be like, Oh geez, I better roll my eyes. But whenever you're with somebody that is um, clearly in tune with themselves, it is easy to accept uh, things that you might otherwise not be open to and therefore you gain a lot of tools for yourself. Absolutely. I'm really happy to hear that, that you had such a, a dramatic impact in your life based on the healing session that we were able to provide. Um, so the main thing that we were able to do, um, and, and this was an intuitive call that, that both of us felt in order to be able to bring this healing ceremony to the to the festival there. So the main thing that we did was really just open the space and, and hold a container for these um, for these higher energies to come through. So and and what this does is it, it allows for healing to come to each individual for whatever is for their highest, greatest good in that moment to experience. And so what we're on the earth at this time to do right now, we're actually in the middle of an ascension process. <clears throat> and so this is a process that has been predicted for thousands of years. And 
many people say that the people or beings, souls who have ascended or reached higher levels of consciousness have actually come back to incarnate in physical bodies at this time to help with the shift. And so what this shift is all about is, is about reconnecting to our higher divine nature, to reconnecting with who we really are. And in that process, we're removing blocks from our physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual beings to allow us to become more in tune with that, with that divine nature. And in doing that, our actions totally change and our thoughts totally change. So based on somebody's karma, this is a process that can happen um, spontaneously. I know that early on in my journey, I read a lot about these kinds of experiences. And um, then there's the other uh, side of the, of the coin where people actually seek out these experiences. So people seek to do this work on themselves. And what they end up doing is opening up to, the, to their higher reality or to the ultimate higher reality, which includes their, their higher reality. So, and what this does um, as an effect, and in the process, it brings you more peace. So it brings you um, self-love. It brings you abundance. And so these are also qualities that you can work on on either side of the coin. You can clear the blocks to open back up to these. And these are all aspects of your higher divine nature. Or you can actually work on those individual aspects themselves. So self-love, um, a lot of you guys who follow me know that that's, that's something that I'm really big on. Um, you can also do the same thing with abundance. I mean, even with connection with God. So really, it's, it's, it's infinite. It's unlimited how you can place your focus and, and cultivate. Um, you know, it's a lot, it's a lot bigger than, than what we give ourselves credit for. And then what we've been taught um, growing up in this culture. So yeah, it's, it's, um, it's kind of like a culture of forgetfulness, right? And I know that, I know you know what, what I'm talking about and um, a culture of an amnesia, right? So, well, we don't even remember what our childhoods are like very well. Exactly. I mean, we, we don't remember where we came from. That's the farthest back that it goes. But ultimately, we're living in a big pile of amnesia, like you just said, because so many parts, so much about our experiences, our, our experience in life is a bunch of unknowns. Like you don't know where your food came from. You don't know where the tax money that comes out of your paycheck goes. There's a lot that you are missing. Uh, there's some middleman between you and the result or you and the source that's cutting you off from really understanding what's going on. I say middleman. That's almost like I'm putting it on, uh, putting it on like an external person. It's really, a, it's also that middleman is yourself because in all of the things that I'm naming right now, you could know the source or you could know the answer to the question of where's my energy being directed to, but we choose the state of amnesia is what I'm getting towards. And, uh, and, and in that sense, our entire reality structure and what we even think, you know, life and death are as a concept and what 
the way that we categorize our sufferings and the way that we identify or don't identify with our thoughts uh, uh, all, all of this is essentially a choice. I mean, Absolutely. that's, I guess that's where I'm getting with it. And so with what you're describing, you, we didn't really get into like specifics of what the type of ceremony you're describing would be like what we, uh, did together at shamanic boom last year. But I think the easiest way to talk about what, or to maybe encompass what you are offering as a, I guess you could say a magical way of thinking is, and not in a, not in like a fanciful, unrealistic sense. I mean, a magical sense of thinking is all that you need to, ha- you know, to live your life with intention. And the magical sense of thinking is that the idea that I can make a shift in my reality, a shift in my experience, a shift in my self, in my consciousness, and any of those things, if I do a certain act. And uh, that act is whatever the act is that you're trying to use to symbolize the change that you want to bring about. It's not necessarily always that important, although some acts are more potent than others to symbolize what you want. And, and in this path, we learn that. But like there are there's a lot of stuff that you'll get into whenever it comes to spirituality. And we like people are even afraid to even use the word spirituality. But you'll get into one thing. And then later in your life, you'll discard it because you'll go, well, that wasn't really real or whatever. And, and that's okay. And it's okay to let go of something that doesn't serve you anymore. But in the time you look back at that thing that is now not real to you, it did serve to bring about changes in your life. And so in that sense, don't worry about right now what is and isn't real. Instead, follow your intuition and your instincts. And when you come across spiritual information, check it against what feels right with your intuition and then decide whether or not to integrate it. And then after you do some testing with what you have integrated, you can choose what epiphanies to hold on to and which ones to let go of. But essentially we're living in a big world where truth is a big relative world. Truth is one of the most relative things that there is. In fact, nothing is true and everything that you could ever want to do you could do everything's allowed good or bad however you want to look at it so um what i'm getting at is you can you can create your own reality you can choose your own adventure right that's what you're advocating i guess garrett absolutely so the main thing that i'm advocating is i'm here to let you know that that you're here to embody your highest self you're here to be who you are you're not here to be what somebody else has told you to be. Um, And something that we've talked about a lot today, Chance, is balance, right? So we all have roles that we need to fulfill um, in society, you know, or, or maybe outside of society even, but we all have nonetheless roles that we need to fulfill. But in the mix, we need to find the ability to be ourselves, to be our true selves, and to give ourselves freedom to be however we are, and regardless of what anybody else thinks, as long as everybody else is um, is still in good regard, you know we're not harming anybody. Then I think it's important for us to to take up our own voice, right, and to to engage in in practices that that help our true self shine forth. And so I know that a lot of people, um, 
have forgotten, you know, who they really are. You know, they become so enculturated and, and numb. You know, I know a lot of people experience that. Um, but so there's, there's little things that you can start doing yoga, meditation, um, going to church, you know, if that's your thing. And there's all kinds of different types of church, um, all types of different traditions, all types of, um, religions even to where you're able to find your connection with the higher self. And so that's what I'm here to do. I'm here to, I'm here to help people to reconnect to the higher self and help people to find their personal connection, whatever that may be. The fact of the matter is that there's something beyond here. And while a lot of us and a lot of the time, most of us, you know, can't define what that is. The fact is that, that it's there. And when we're tuned in and tapped into that, our life flows, synchronicities happen. Um, seeming coincidences, you know, things become aligned and I have know, a theory start about working this. out. I have yeah. a theory that I've just come to in regards to these type of synchronicities. Yeah. So earlier we were talking about the idea that our souls move about in groups of similar developmental level mm-hmm. and that even we move from lifetime to lifetime in these groups and work together to advance in these little friend groups or families mm-hmm. in a sense um, in Hinduism, it's called satsang. Mm-hmm. So um, if we, if there is, or I should say, because there is, because this is what I think, because there is another, um, another aspect to life and to our existence that is higher in a, in a dimensional sense than the one that we're perceiving here in this place uh, where our souls are emanating from, you could say, where the player is who's controlling the video game that the human represents in a way. Uh, these, it seems possible to me that since we have these groups, these satsangs, that our souls are literally just hanging out in a cluster while our physical human bodies come and go and do their thing and have the illusion of being separate from one another. But in reality, they're the soul is in the same source. All souls are within source. So your soul is with all the other souls right now. It's in the same exact non-location. And that means it's exactly with every person you love that's alive and dead. Mm. And if that's the case, then that's how these crazy synchronicities must happen. Our souls are literally right there able to plan stuff with each other and say, okay, you put your human here at 3.33 p.m. And then he's going to see that panda and he's going to be like, what the fuck? It's a panda at 3.33 a.m. What a synchronicity. (laughs) And he's going to have his mind blown because he's going to be really high right then. And they plan it all out. Like like 10 of them are involved, 10 souls. And then this crazy panda 3.33 a.m. synchronicity goes down and your mind is blown and you go, what is life? How, how did that happen? That was too crazy to be coincidence. We've all had plenty of things that were too crazy to be a coincidence. And they usually involve other people. And they usually involve what you might call divine timing. So anyway, I think it's a lot better or it goes a lot further to explain synchronicity than anything else I've thought of thus far, connecting it to the whole like soul cluster group. It doesn't even matter how you conceptualize souls being clustered or being free in an infinite space, because 
it's a non-local space. It's a non-physical space that they would be emanating from anyway. So there wouldn't actually be any distance between soul A and soul B. Absolutely. It would just be, just be more, it would just be a separation in the experience of being. And, right. and that exists only in thought because mm -hmm. se all separation is just a thought. It's not a, it's not a reality in a sense. Yeah. Which is something that I may circle around to later because <laughs> as I talked to you about earlier, there's something that I would like to say on that. Um, but, you know, what you're bringing up, what this is bringing up in me is that the fact of the matter is that we've, we've come here to create as physical beings. You know, we've come here to, to physical reality for a purpose, not to escape physical reality, you know? Exactly. And so the whole situation that we've come into, if, you know, if you have any awareness of what's actually going on in the earth is that the earth is on the brink of something massive, right? So it could go one of two ways and um, probably and more than that. <laughs> probably. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> but in a general sense, it could go um, from the way that I see it, it could go one of two ways. Mm -hmm. um, and, from what I understand, it's already happened that it's that it's gone in the positive direction, right? But with our participation, right? So the fact of the matter is there's a lot of things going on on Earth right now that are, are just not humane, right? So humans have absolutely put themselves, ourselves, you know, at, you know, out of the circle of life, right? So everything else in life um, on the planet operates within this succinct system and humans are totally above it and you, you know at least perceptually and from the actions that that are being engaged in and you know we can just look at the last 100 years of, at all of the incredible destruction that's happened on planet earth you know the rainforest is being cut down at, at over four football fields a day which is ludicrous it's absolutely ridiculous uh because that's the lungs of our planet you know if we don't have them uh then then we won't have a place to live you know we won't have the oxygen and it's being cut down so that food can be grown in a place that actually can't sustain growth because it's the leaves of the of the rainforest trees that make the soil fertile there to grow food for a short amount of time for meat for meat production which is a just an attempt to keep up with what the what united states does absolutely and you know other modern modernizing countries around the world right now but the fact of the matter is that we're treating all of these other beings nature um, the trees and the animals like like they're nothing you know like they have no feelings and you know that they're totally inferior and you know we're just killing them all and and we don't see that it's actually affecting us not only on on the level that everything is connected and so what we do to to our neighbor whether that's a human or an animal actually comes back onto us but also on the fact that humans can't sustain this type of living that we're doing for multiple reasons and so 
We're literally killing ourselves by killing the we world. Are. Yes. We are. Hashtag animals are people. <laughs> but seriously. But, uh, but, uh, yeah, I know absolutely. My, my cat's a person. Absolutely. Man, and we, you brought up the rainforest de- destruction, which is definitely one of the most tragic things that's happening that we're doing to ourselves. But man, just in the last hundred years, like you said, some crazy shit has gone down. Um, you guys are listening to a podcast right now. So let me recommend another podcast if you haven't heard of it. There's this guy, Dan Carlin. He does a show called Hardcore History. He is basically just giving out free audiobooks that are three, six, ten hours long on a particular topic. And he just goes totally, completely as deep as possible on getting the rounded look at the topic. And the reason why I'm bringing him up is because his most recent episode was a six-hour binge on the topic of nuclear war and what it what happened when nukes came onto the scene how our country reacted how our leadership reacted and anyway it's fascinating and go check it out but why i bring it up is because i learned some pretty horrifying things like the fact well horrifying yeah horrifying is the only word for it they they were testing so many bombs that like in the 60s alone a hundred like a hundred bombs were tested by the united states and he makes the he makes the uh very sort of dark joke that yeah after the 99th bomb you don't really need to do a 100th test you probably know what's going to happen and so it's like that's how that's how careless we are with our own power i mean we have essentially attained the ability to bring the power of the sun down to the surface of the earth. Mm -hmm. And what we're doing with it is bullying one another. And, and I say, we, it's just, how is this possible? You ask? Well, I will say it's because we have, we have taken our own authority away from ourselves and put it in external things and external people. And that's what presidents are guys. You can't vote. You can't go around voting for somebody to be the boss of you. You have to stop it. I don't care who it is that's on the piece of paper. Don't sign your two-dimensional imprint that represents you into a contract that says this being is in charge of me. Because then you get a situation like the fact that one guy, the president, is the only person that gets to decide whether or not thousands of nukes are launched at anywhere on the globe at any time. And he has the ability to make that decision and make it happen within moments. So Absolutely. like, why are we giving that power to one person? Absolutely. And so that, that brings me to, to my next point is that the revolution must happen within, right? So we must have a change in consciousness to where we also have a change in power. Um, the consciousness is that, is that we're waking up in consciousness and in waking up, we take back our own power. So, in order to do this, we must first understand all of the, a lot of the negative habits that, that we're engaging in as, as a people in general, and how we on an individual level are playing a part in, in those, those negative behaviors. And, you know, whether it's a radical action, uh, radical shifts, or whether it's gentle and, and slow, uh, from that point on, we need to to examine, okay, so where can we start making the shifts in our life? Can we start unplugging from from the mass media, uh, the uh, the programming, which is literally programming you um, to be in a certain 
frame of mind and a certain uh, stage of, you know, level of consciousness. I mean, there's so much about it, about the media and programming. Um, So for one, they're telling you through the images that they portray, through the scenes that are that are being put on the movie screen, um, advertising, you know, all of it. Um, They're showing you this is what's right. This is what's accepted. This is how you should think. This is how you should feel. And and, you know, you laugh and 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 whatever at the at the movies you get involved, but it's actually programming you on a deep subconscious level. And so not only that, but we know based on our modern physics that everything is vibration, right? So the health of the body, um, just to go to this, and, and I would like to come back to this, the health of the body is, is based on a, on a vibrational scale. So when the body is, is sick, it's in a low vibration. It's, things are moving slowly, the lower the vibration in science, the more solid something is. The higher the vibration, the more um, non-solid it is. So like gas, for example, is vibrating at a, at a rapid pace. And, and so is air. You can't even see it. So when our bodies are sick, it's because for, for one reason or another, through our thoughts, through the food that we're putting in our body, um, through whatever, through our stress, our bodies are vibrating at a slow level. And so in order to bring back sickness or in order to bring back health to our bodies from that state of sickness, but also as a general whole, we need to find out ways to to raise the vibration of our body. So there's so many ways that we can do that. We can start becoming conscious of the food that we're putting in our body. Um, If we absolutely have to eat meat, there is a difference in vibration of meat because some meat, especially like slaughterhouses and, and you know, just conventional uh, farming, the animals are tortured. And as we've seen with Dr. Emoto's... Not just tortured, though. Their entire life is tortured. Their entire life is It's not suffering. like they were Absolutely. a POW, but they were a war hero and they had a family and everything was fine until the Japanese caught them and tortured them. Yeah. No, they're born into torture. They exist in a nonstop state of fear and suffering in some of these cases. And that, like, you are where you eat. So just consider that. Absolutely. Do you want to be scared meat? Now, well, I want you to continue exactly yes. where you're at, but I wanted to yeah. make an emphasis right there. Absolutely. So a lot of us know about Dr. Emoto's um, water crystal research. So he froze water crystals. Um, and and these, uh, these crystals, they were... Um, so the water was put in jars, for example, and different things were written on the jar. Like, I hate you, I love you, joy, peace, happiness, fear, and all of the positive traits. You know, we all know what's positive and what's negative. All of the positive traits created geometrical patterns like snowflakes um, and, and um, you know, other coherent geometrical patterns and all of the negative things that were written on the, uh, the, the glass produced incoherent shapes, incoherent forms. And, and I want you to think about this. Our bodies are, you know, 70% give or take water. So everything that we do, all of the thoughts that we think, just look at that experiment, all the things that we put in um, into our body is shaping the vibration or is shaping the structure of 
the cells of our body, 70% of it's water, it's all being read and encoded. Not to mention that every seven years, we have a totally new body with completely different cells made up of the things that we take in. But anyways, getting back to the animal issue, um, so these animals have been living in fear their whole life. Um, so if you can imagine like what's going on in the cells of those bodies and the water crystals and all of that, it's, there's memory, it's all memory. And so when you eat it, you're taking that in. So if you have to eat meat, you know, try to find a sustainably, uh, a sustainable source or do your own hunting or something like that. But ideally, um, we all need to be moving away from eating meat, except for when necessary, you know, like you're in the Arctic and, you know, that's, that's your culture, you know, you're, um, an indigenous society and that's how you do it. Right. But, but a culture like that is not creating mass exactly, suffering. Even, exactly. even, uh, you know, a farmer or herder in a, a third world nation is, you know, it's a, maybe it's a flip of the coin, but not all of them are inflicting horrific pain on their livestock. However, I would say a lot of them, probably a lot of them, a lot of people in general, I would say that because I myself would be guilty of it. Don't always give consideration to other beings that are non-human as if they have feelings like a human would have. So whenever you think about all this stuff, don't get all up in arms about like, what you need to become an activist for and how you need to fight these become people. the activist by making your own personal decisions you know you don't have mm -hmm. to go out waving a flag or anything like that but let your life be your example right let you know because we all have a footprint you know we all have um everything that we do has an impact you know the butterfly effect everything has an impact so as far as diet the meat and the meat has the lowest vibration, animal products, eggs, cheese have a little bit higher. And then fruits and vegetables, all of that has the highest vibration. So the more fruit you, you got to be eating fruits and vegetables. If you're, if you're on this journey, um, if you're, if you're seeking to raise higher in, in consciousness, I mean, people do it without, without doing that, you know, but it makes it so much easier, you know, and, for most people to do it that way. And, and, and I'm speaking of like eating a mostly fruits and vegetable diet, you know, or just like putting a lot of fruits and vegetables into your diet. So the next, I want to ask you actually, yeah. you just did a uh, colon cleanse like Chris and I did back in season one of the podcast, the metaphysical dumps episode. I did, yeah, so I what, heard about that from you. I want to ask you, uh, just tell me how that went. I mean, that's one thing that is probably worth doing for just about anybody that's listening right now would be to consider changing your filters internally. And like, what have you cleaned and what haven't you cleaned about your organ system since you've been alive? Because if you ain't cleaned it, it's still there. So I've, I've been on many fasts in, in my life, especially since I began, be, began to be on this, um, conscious journey towards truth and towards connection with spirit. And some of those fasts have included no food. Some of them have included no food and no water. Um, and some of them have, you know, been various concoctions like, uh, like the lemonade diet, which is, uh, you know, just like lemon juice and maple syrup and cayenne pepper. But, you know, I, I really felt, uh, 
I really felt drawn to do this cleanse that that you know that you so highly recommended, and 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 I trust you, and and your opinion means a lot to me, and so I looked into it, and you know it really resonated with me, and so this is a this is a colon cleanse by Secret Energy is where you can get it, and um, and I'll link to it in the show notes actually because if you happen to buy it through the link that I provide, you will be giving the show a small commission without having to pay anything extra. Right and I don't bring this up very often because I'm not trying to be a salesman on this podcast. I'm trying to just share openly and honestly. So I don't want to necessarily just constantly be like, Hey, go buy stuff through secret energy because I can't say that I've tried every product. I can't say that it's necessarily all priced fairly or anything like that. I won't make any guarantees other than what I've done myself, which this colon cleanse, I do guarantee it works. Mm -hmm. So, um, this colon cleanse, it gives you several options to do. And so the option that I chose was to do, um, it was like five, five days of intent of the six things every day. Five days of uh, liquid yeah, only. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So you would wean off food gradually right. over the course of uh, four days, and then you'd have a five-day liquid-only fast, and then a right. reduced diet for two days. So my fast included about it was about eleven days, um, and for a majority of that time, it was it was more or less no food, um, especially like three or four days in the middle. Um, I either didn't eat anything or I maybe just had like a bite or two of something, you know, really light. And what I found was that, you know, I didn't, I didn't need food, you know, so I would have hunger cravings every now and then, but I would do something to take my mind off of it, you know, go outside, go in nature, go for a walk, um, you know, read, meditate, do something. And pretty soon I was feeling full. And so what I came to notice is that I was filling myself up on spiritual energy, right? And and this energy was fulfilling me, was, you know, to where I didn't need to eat. I want to point out also that uh, Garrett, if you don't know what he looks like, he's not some skinny vegan. He is yoked. Like, <laughs> dude is jacked. He is huge. And like eating vegetables does not, and not eating a lot of meat does not mean that you can't be strong and vital. Absolutely. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Continue though. Cool. So one thing that, that, I, that I'm getting at here, it's kind of a separate subject, but, but it, it leads into the same thing is that re- taking food out of your bot, out of your diet, out of your daily life actually frees up energy, right? So the energy that your internal organs are using, um, all throughout the day to process the food that you're eating, um, you know, to take care of it, break it down and all that. It's that all that energy gets freed up. And so not only does it get freed up to cleanse your organs, but during this particular cleanse, you're taking a few um, natural products that actually accelerate and deeply increase the cleanse. And so, you know, since doing the cleanse, my life has dramatically changed. Um, to be completely honest, I've um, stepped even more into my power. Um, and, you know, synchronicities have been happening more. And I've been able to see more clearly, you know, my power of choice in each situa- situation. Well, to, to that to that whole freeing up energy thing, what I would add is I actually noticed that 
during the experience of being on the liquid only part of the fast, I had old injuries pop up again and they would hurt for a while and then it would go away and I haven't felt them hurt since. I would have random bouts of nausea or something as if I was processing some kind of toxin all of a sudden and um, my body was handling it. And what I would say is that certain things that certain wounds that you've accumulated, um, certain blockages within your body have got are, are so, I guess, large that your body knows that it can't handle that unless it has a lot of energy. And it's not going to try to move a giant boulder that's sitting there in the middle of your system or in your consciousness, so to speak, unless it's got the strength to do it. Otherwise, it's just going to be pushing against something that's too heavy to move and running itself out of strength for no reason. So your body is really efficient and really intelligent, and it knows exactly when it can do what. So when you do free up this energy, it actually gives you a window of time to start healing things that you were putting on hold and you didn't even know it. And so that can come in the form of even remembering traumatic events from the past and uh, reprocessing those memories in a way where you're able to see it from a higher perspective and integrate, you know, what was to the good about it and also find the compassion and the empathy for the other people involved in whatever it is that you're remembering and, you know, not hold on not hold on to it anymore because I mean, if, if it's coming up and it's something from that far ago, then it was definitely stuck in you. Like, otherwise you just wouldn't even think about it. It's just gone because that's not now. And now it's the only thing that's real. Everything else is an illusion, including those old traumatic wounds that we do hold on to without realizing it there. It's fake. You're not really hurt, but you have to have the energy to see that. Absolutely, Chance. And this kind of segues me into what I would like to talk about next. And so that's our body is our vessel, you know, and it seems that a lot of a lot of us, what we do is just we deal with our body, you know, but in actuality, our body is like, oh, my gosh, like such a gift. Like it's it's so incredible and the potential that it can fulfill in in oh so many ways. Um, it's just like mind blowing, like when you begin to really access your potential. Um, so again, I would like to come back to the fact that we've come to this physical reality and, and thus these physical bodies for a reason. And so, yeah, so we need to start taking care of our physical bodies. And so the next place that I would like to take this is that thoughts have the power to create. Again, so I, I spoke about um, the, the power of thought to create the coherent geometrical patterns. So you have all of these wounds, you have all of these blockages in your body because of all of these stories that you're telling yourself about these events that have happened in your life or maybe even in a past life. Um, and some of these stories may not even be conscious. You know, you may have these wounds showing up um, and or traumas and you don't even know what they are right you know that happens all the time people have traumas and 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 um, they can't remember like the actual event but it's stored in the body um, we can we can refer to the body um, in a similar way as the subconscious mind and so mm. again we have the power to uh, 
to change this, right? Yeah. So we don't have to continue telling the same stories that we've told us our whole life. You know, if we keep telling us ourselves the same story, we're going to get in the same place. So we need to, we need to reroute the story. Would you, would you say that wisdom can erase karma? What do you mean by wisdom? Well, essentially what you made me think this, whenever you said you're talking about how thought forms can project a geometry and that can program the water in your body and the water can also be programmed negatively. So karma is the accumulation of negative energy that is cyclically spiraling itself through your system. But, and uh, until you, you know, let go and release that negative energy, you don't let go of the karma and it just, you know, continues to bounce back and forth between you and other people. Uh, but wisdom, you could say wisdom is any of those higher intentions that create more perfect crystalline forms in the water and out of your thought energy. So, and so in that, in that sense, absolutely. <laughs> well, know? that's what you made me think of. So, yeah. And I actually thought of that, like after, after I asked the question, you know, like I knew what you meant. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've never had that particular exact connection before. And in fact, the whole, even the statement wisdom erases karma was told to me by someone actually I met at shamanic boom. Do you remember um, Annie, the uh, amazing, the amazing woman from on Facebook? She goes by Apple Annie. Yeah, yeah. She oh, has she has way more war stories than any of us. She's a seasoned veteran. And uh, anyway, she told me just the other day that she learned thirty years ago that wisdom erases karma and at the time i was like well that sounds it it resonated as true but i was like but i I just took it as like okay yeah given i took it for granted but now that we're just like now that i'm just applying that thought to um some other ideas in context it definitely resonates more and more it's very interesting so like wisdom wisdom and higher intent are very much the same thing absolutely so Yes, I would like to I would like to say that our lives are the way that they are because of the programs that we have running. Right. So because of the thoughts that we continually tell ourselves and, you know, subconscious thoughts like they're subconscious. Right. So we I mean, we can't really know them. Uh, We can possibly, you know, bring them to consciousness. But so the fact of the matter is we need to take back our power and program ourselves consciously. Right. So, (laughs) so there's so many incredible ways to do this. Like, how do you want your life to look like? What are the goals that you have for your life? What is your reason for being? And what are the values and, you know, the, the, the characteristics that you would like to embody, like love, wisdom, uh, true power, grace, beauty, this is where daily practices come in. Absolutely. Daily practice of exercise Absolutely. will give you physical power. Yeah. A daily practice of meditation will give you equanimity that allows you to find your center in any form of chaos. I in mean, daily, in the daily practice of, of, of thoughts, you know, of directed thinking will give you, you know, a, a shift in, in your conscious mind. A daily practice of any kind of creative art will give you over a long enough course of time, the ability to essentially demonstrate magical abilities to other humans. Because I look at some of the things that visionary artists create these days and it's, if it like, how, 
it, I'm just stuttering, like considering that other humans look at that and go, oh, that's pretty cool. Because when I'm what I'm seeing is like, oh, they opened a portal to another dimension and they're showing us something that's true everywhere yeah. there and here. Absolutely. And it's it's just the most amazing time to be alive. And as we get closer to the end of this episode, I wanted to kind of circle back around to the idea of creativity and creativity, creativity and art, because that's sort of the focus of my show here. And, uh, you know, of course you as an individual, not only create your own life through authoring your story and help other people do the same, but I was wondering like, just while we're on the topic, what kind of pursuits do you have personally that exercise your creativity as a daily practice, especially? Mm. Okay. So I'm glad you asked. So <laughs> affirmations, you know, and, uh, you know, even deeper than affirmations, like believing and feeling it, like I'm saying these to myself all day long. Um, I love you to myself. I love myself. <laughs> um, I'm strong. I'm powerful. I'm beautiful. I'm amazing. Um, well, that's then, true, by the way, <laughs> if you know, Garrett, you, you'll know that this is all fact. <laughs> thank you. And again, like I, like I mentioned earlier, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm saying the things that, that I want to embody in my life, which is my choice. You know, I can embody whatever it is that I want to embody, you know, um, especially along those lines. And, and so I'm saying these things to myself, but it has to start somewhere, right? So you can just start saying all of it. Um, and eventually, you know, hopefully like it'll kick in, you know, and you'll start believing it, but an even easier way to do it, you know, chance, we, we keep talking about smooth transitions is, mm -hmm. is to start with thoughts that you believe, you know? Um, and, and if that, that can be as simple as like somebody else believes this about me. Um, I, I can't tell you how many, how many, um, things that people have said to me that I've, that I've, um, you know, made note of because I want to remember that, you know, we, we seem to forget sometimes um, when we have our stories running, you know, when we have our programmings, we forget, you know, the other end. And it's easier to remember what is, you know, uh, in resonance with our current programmings, our current stories. Uh, which, you know, I mean, it's all, it's, about, it's like all confirmation about. bias. People only hear what confirms what they think. So yeah, it's pretty crazy. That's why I appreciate the podcast audience in general, because they're intending to find information and think for themselves, you know? So like, you know, you can, you can rest assured anyone that's listening right now is, is with us right here in the room. Our spirits are connected. We are, we are all one. I mean, I, I know that everyone can feel that on a deep, deep level. And it's only a fear of separation that we call death that keeps us in that state of not knowing our unity. Absolutely. And so, you know, so that's a huge part of my practice is, is filling myself with ideas and thoughts and beliefs of things that are beautiful, you know? And so we go back again to the vibration and, and certain thoughts like fear and, and hatred and violence, especially, but even, you know, other thoughts are lower vibration, you know, thoughts of love, um, love is a high vibration, you know, joy, peace, you know, so those are higher vibrational thoughts. And so just by focusing your energy and your intention on thoughts of those higher nature, you know, positive characteristics, again, um, 
it has the the potential, like you said, to cancel out your karma. So <laughs> it has the potential to erase and rewrite your story. Instantaneously. Instantaneously. And especially, you know, depending on how much you believe it. Like, if you really believe what you're saying, you know, like, if there is, if there are no blocks to, to, to you saying, you know, to what you're saying, it's going to manifest, you know, instantaneously, right? So part of the ascension of what we're doing right now is removing our blocks because as we move higher um, in frequency and consciousness, you know, in this journey, things begin to manifest rapidly, you know, faster and faster. And um, you can more, fuck, you can fuck up and you, you can, can, you can. can. And so that's whenever why, you get to that faster level of vibration, if you decide to just sleep on your intentions and just let whatever happen, you get crazy presidents. Yeah. Yeah. And so there's, there's a lot of, uh, you know, <laughs> we won't get into why or how that, that happens. But the fact <laughs> of the matter is that there's a, there's a guiding principle that's saying, Hey, you know, if you, you know, you've risen to this level of consciousness, you have to own it. You know, you have to, um, you have to use it consciously with great power comes great responsibility. Spider-Man for president. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. And so, um, filling my head with these positive ideas has totally shifted and rewritten my, my stories, you know, and my programs over years, you know, and, and this is what happens. And it does take years to deprogram. So don't get discouraged. It does happen instantaneously. You'll, you'll get in results quickly, but over, you know, these are deep. And so over time, you know, you get more and more free. Um, so, so there's that, you know, you're free as soon as you're on the path. So that's what instantaneous means. But what's beautiful about the path is you'll always find deeper and deeper insights. As long as you're willing to shed your previous epiphanies and embrace what's true now. Yes. Solid. Uh, bringing it back around to what we talked about before the podcast. Um, so another thing is media, you know, so media, um, you know, it can either be a hindrance or a help. And so I have chosen over the past several years to fill myself with, you know, the like so much majorly, like the majority of the things that I um, that I tune myself into media wise is conscious media is people talking about what I want to create, what I want my life to be about. So this is the songs. Um, and this is uh, this is listening to things like Trevor Hall, like. Um, Mike Love, um, like Pia Luzi, which check her out, you know, and so many others. And or like finding a podcast with some heroes like Wim Hof. Yeah, and so many. We didn't uh, even talk so about many, Wim Hofing this whole time. I, I, I can't I did believe think it. about it though. I did think about <laughs> it. Um, maybe another time. But so we're hoping to get a part two of this <sighs> conversation. So you might this might be near the end, or we might have a whole nother part two coming up. Either way, we will do more podcasts together. Indeed. Yeah. And so, um, yeah. So positive, <laughs> <laughs> positive media, um, empowers instead of empowers. causing fear. And so when I, you know, when I have free time and, and stuff, I'm watching, I'm watching YouTube videos, um, you know, people embodying what I want, what I want to do. And it goes next to, uh, to our relationships. You know, how do we show up in our relationships? Um, what are we creating like in our daily life? Um, you know, when we, when, with the people that we're in relationship with, the people that we live with, our family, our friends and our coworkers and things like this, how consciously are we engaging in them? Is it, um, you know, are we moving from love? You know, are we moving from positivity and gratitude? And that's another one. 
um, you know, I'll come back to it, but because relationships are so important, so important. It's, it's all relationship, all of life, you know, across all time and space and dimension is all relationship with, you know, it's God having a relationship with itself, essentially. Um, so we need to look at our relationships and how are we showing up and, you know, how can we, how can we make it better? You know, how can we shift to positivity? I think a lot of people, I think we are lucky to be talking to an audience of people who probably are not you know, looking to others for how can I take from you and how can, what can I gain from you? Absolutely. But, but the fact is all of us what do treat other humans that way yeah. sometimes, yeah. even if you think you don't, it's because you're blind to it because I myself constantly find new ways that I am seeking to manipulate what another person does or trying to get them to do something that I think yeah. will help me out. And I mean, it is, but there is a way, there's a way to do it with openness, a way to do it where we have to be kind giving, to ourselves in the process. Exactly. Where there's a giving hand and a receiving hand open at the same time. Mm-hmm. And so <laughs> I'm going to bring up Patreon because I've been talking about it a lot and I'm sure you guys have uh, heard about it by now, but you know, I'm, it's very weird to be like trying to ask people for a dollar. Um, did I tell you about the Patreon Garrett? Uh, no, you didn't. Oh, wow. This is perfect. Okay. How about it's one eleven? Do you mind? Uh, I'm, I'm down keeping going, man. Okay. This is okay. Rolling good. It, if, it, you're, if you're down to stay longer then I'm, I'm down to keep it going a little bit longer. Well, talking about relations and what things that you're in relationship to, um, we're all in relationship to a lot of big corporate entities that we don't necessarily know what happens with our dollar, just like our tax dollars, stuff like that. Whenever you, you know, Whenever you go through a McDonald's drive-through and you say, "Well, it's fine. I'm not eating anything. I'm just Gosh. getting the coffee." Right. You're giving them the dollar fifty for the coffee, and where where does that go? Who knows? My point is, you could be forming relationships with things that you want to see grow, that you intend to see grow, as opposed to putting your energy towards Absolutely. big, massive, Absolutely. bloated corpses that need to be pruned. And so, like in that sense. If you have, yeah. a, I'm gonna I'm gonna explain Patreon to you. Have you heard of this website? I haven't. Okay, so there's a service called Patreon.com, and artists are able to create a system of reward tiers for their what are called patrons to pledge them money on a monthly basis, and then they receive things from that artist. So basically. For this show, as an example, anybody that gives a dollar a month is going to have access to a couple of smaller things like me following them on social media and I'll repost stuff for them. But they also get access to a, a catalog of uh, exclusive episodes that will they'll start off free and then go into the Patreon vault. And that's the creator feature episodes. If you haven't seen the first one that I did with Cadella which came out earlier today, although today it's not today. <laughs> um, definitely go listen to that because Cadella is an awesome guy and his uh, mini mix was really excellent. But anyway, stuff like that is going to be exclusive to people that pledge $1. And why, why would I ask for $1? Well, it's because I want to create a platform out of 
this podcast that actually is able to boost artists and help people get information out to a large audience of seekers who intend to find this type of information. So in order to do that, I do actually need resources because right now this podcast costs me money to, to do it. Like I spend so much time recording, editing, putting these episodes out all to, to serve an audience of 50 to a hundred people. And I'm happy that each and one, each and every one of those 50 to hundred people listens in is getting hopefully something useful out of what we talk about. But I know that my personal reason for being here is to do this exact thing and be a conduit to which others can find a way to connect their abundance to their creativity. And it's right now I'm still trying to figure that out. But what's kind of cool about this path is if you, the audience help me figure that out for myself in terms of giving me a salary for doing a podcast by sending me $1 a month, $3 a month, you get exclusive artwork Five dollars a month. Amazing artwork. <laughs> Thank you. Five dollars a month, you get more exclusive stuff. Um, going up to the higher tiers, where you can get advertisements or even make episodes of the show uh, featuring your your art or whatever shop you have or anything. So, what I'm asking for is a reciprocity of um, a small amount of energy from a lot of people, so that I can put a large amount of energy out to a lot of people. And we, we live in a, a, a culture of reciprocity, you know? Um, so like, that's how it has to be. You know, whenever we gain something from, from something, we need to support it, you know, however that may be, whatever and that may look like. Just like that, this water that you should explain this, uh, you have some holy water that you've blessed a couple of my beverages with since we've been hanging out tonight. And in the past, I remember you doing this for me. Um, uh, one drop can be all way more amplified potency than what it seems like the potential would be. And that definitely goes for your $1. I mean, if you're listening to this right now and you get all the way to this podcast, you've been listening for an hour. I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm not like, Hey, come on, give me a dollar, but Hey, come on, give me a dollar. <laughs> right. Like if, uh, deserves it. I mean, sure. seriously though, if enough people were able to do something like that, then I would be able to just keep investing that energy back into this platform. And then more and more artists will be able to get exposed to more and more people. And, uh, we all can stop sending $5 a month to Starbucks and start sending $1 a month to five different cool people. Right. Right. And this is the kind of, this is the kind of movement and the kind of uh, conscious action that we're talking about. That's going to propel us into a new, a new age, you know, a new world, a new way of being right. Because, because chance is one of the forerunners, you know, the thing that he, the things that he's doing, the podcast specifically, and just, you know, his way of being, his way of living, you know, and his way of doing things is, you know, is, is what's going to propel us into the, the new way of being, which is ultimately going to be our freedom and our, you know, um, the savior of, of this this planet you know this this new way of being these new actions which is human the savior of this planet to clarify is not me it's human creativity <laughs> it, yeah, and all, it's, all it's i seek people, to be is an amplifier like, of human creativity mm -hmm. because i think that's, like that's our best resource is people right yeah i mean it's also our most dangerous weapon <laughs> yeah. i mean we're all we're all um 
we all have the potential to be to be our own savior and you know the savior of of you know bringing new positivity to planet earth and so the next thing that that i would like to to talk about as far as a personal practice is gratitude and um you know if you uh if you see me walking around i mean i'm not saying i'm happy all the time but but i'm at least like most of the time like trying to find things to be happy about and trying to find uh reason to be grateful you know things about myself things about the world which you know come on give yourself some love you know we're taught to you know whatever i'm not going to get into it but um you deserve you know the dignity of your own love and of your own respect and and of your own time and your own attention you know so whatever that may look like i encourage you to take to take time for yourself um you know however much time you have um and and do something that nourishes your spirit your soul so um go out for a walk go out in nature um nature has coherent um you know patterns right um and so in so many ways when we go out in nature like we feel we feel refreshed because um let's see living in this culture of illusions built on top of illusions I mean, just the symbolic physical representation of the way a big city looks when you're right in the heart of it. It's very zoom out from that position and it would look like a big brown cancerous growth on an otherwise healthy body of the earth, these cities that we have. So, (laughs) which is all, you know, as above, so below. And in nature, you go into these coherent patterns, like you're saying. It, it's just much less stressful for your consciousness because whenever your consciousness, it's trained to see uh, patterns of disruption, decay, destruction, uh, negative things like that as scary. And even if you turn off your own personal conscious awareness of just how fucked up the energy really is deep in some of the bigger cities of this planet, uh, it it's very painful. Like I... I say this be, like I have had experiences with catalysts before where I opened up to this, to the earth mm-hmm. through the aid of, you know, plant consciousness in the form of psilocybin. I opened up a channel of gratitude to the earth before. Man, I feel it right now when I it really it really hurt when as soon as you do it. Like as soon as you open up that back and forth reciprocity to the spirit of planet earth, you immediately feel that there's pain there. Like there's so much pain. And um, we're allowed to just like ignore the pain that is within our host consciousness. That's what I consider the earth to be. We're all hosted within it. Like, it's like if you got your arm blown off and you were in horrible, horrific pain and one cell of your skin on the far other ends of your body was like, all of a sudden in terrible, terrible agony. That That is the type of experience that you will have if you truly just open up the channel of gratitude to the earth and ask to feel what she feels right now. Mm-hmm. And that pain, like pain is always a, tra- a transition thing. Like it always accompanies, it's always a form of resistance in a sense that accompanies a change that's, that is growth and that is positive and all that. But like, if we're going to take part in this growth and this change, this evolution that's happening, 
we need to feel that pain too, so that we understand what it is that we are doing. Um, you know, I mean, I'm not saying like in a negative sense, like you need to go like boohoo the earth all the time, but just, just opening up that channel of gratitude for the fact that we're allowed to live on this grand mother that we, that we are inhabiting this turtle flying through the cosmos and, um, cosmic spaceship. Yeah. You know, and luckily somehow within this womb that we're in, we're not able to damage it enough to destroy it. Just right. like a baby that's thrashing and kicking within its mother. And that's where we are as a species. Mm -hmm. So feeling, you know, feeling the pain, uh, is, you know, within ourselves or, or whether we're talking about the earth, it's often a catalyst. So um, I'm a big advocate of not dwelling in the pain, you know, whatever it is for you. Um, I sure. mean, you know, but, not dwelling but, in it. Right, right. And so, but feeling or being aware of that pain is what propels us into new ways of being. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I'm talking about, you know, shifting the earth and shifting yourself. And so the thing about it is that when you heal yourself, you know, in so many ways, you know, just by, just by proxy and also just by, by your behaviors as well, you heal the earth. Right. And so, yeah. Cause I know personally the experience that I'm describing where I felt that in a big wave and I can just reconnect to Absolutely. it now really easily. And it brings emotion to me. Uh, that experience led me to make huge changes in my life, yeah. huge changes in the way I ate, the way I looked at animals, the way I looked at meat all from, you know, and I've had other psilocybin experiences that were much the same. I mean, I've learned that the plants grow us. We don't grow them. I mean, there's all kinds of, all kinds of fun little epiphanies in there. And I think that's why people really enjoy psychedelics and always have. And that's why it's a symbol of our repressed growth that those type of plant medicines have also been kept under lock and key from us. But I definitely agree with you about not trying to like stay in the pain. But what what awareness does with pain is that is where you're able to transform it because pain is there until awareness comes to it. Um, and it's not really awareness if you're stuck dwelling on it. Dwelling on it is attachment and ignoring it is pushing it off to the side, but not transforming it. Yeah. So you do have to transform it through attention, which means we all do have to sort of feel that crucible of pain that the earth is also feeling right now. But I do like that, you know, you're reiterating that it's not about staying in it and it's not about even identifying pain as a negative thing because actually any true form of any true form of feeling or emotion that you're feeling in the present moment is euphoric. Like just now, even whenever I got a little choked up thinking about old mama earth, it like, it felt good to feel that yeah. it, it felt good, even though that it was a form of pain. It's not like it feels good to cut myself or something like that, that type of, uh, of, of a trip, but it is, it is a form of information and all information is there maybe to help you, um, realize a greater potential and the realizing of greater potentials is what love does. And so as we move on this ladder, uh, towards the infinity on the other end of the number line, um, we're each raising up each other's level of potential by seeing a higher level of potential in the other that absolutely 
And that's we that's how we lift out. each other up. We bring it out, you know. That's what love is for. Absolutely. What we put attention on, you know, grows. And so um yeah. Check the mic here. We're still good. Absolutely. So there's two there's two ways about it, you know. So I just want to bring into into play here that what I was speaking about earlier about rewriting your subconscious mind and, you know, with rewriting your programs with these conscious programs is that we can actually heal and remove things from our body and our being without even knowing that they're there without, you know, without, we can remove them. Um, yeah. in in that mm-hmm. way. So there's the way of, of bringing awareness to it and healing it that way. But then there's the way of, of just bringing in a totally new, new, uh, you know, different consciousness of bringing in awareness of wholeness. Right. Just and saying, so, I am and so that will cancel out, you know, if we're able to truly, you know, that's a quantum leap that it, you know, <laughs> little by slowly or quantumly, then we, we may not even have to feel it. So, but the fact of the matter is like, however you do it, um, we need to, we need to make some positive changes. And, uh, you know, I know a lot of, a lot of us are, I mean, we are, we're doing, we're doing really good. And I think it's really important to, to, uh, continue telling ourselves that, you know, and, and to affirm our good, um, because, you know, I mean, we're doing it, we're doing it and it, and it, it may not seem like it all the time, um, especially with what's going on, right. You know, just uh, today, um, in, in the world, but, but we are, you know, we're shifting it. And we're shifting it from the inside out by being true to who we are. And so, you know, with just, uh, you know, the best thing that we can do is just is be ourselves and, and follow our intuition and, you know, get out of pain, you know, so pain is going to be a good indicator of telling us, you know, we need to shift something. Mm-hmm. So we need to, we need to be aware of it and start making conscious decisions but it's always about a shift and transforming out of the pain instantaneously as you can. Absolutely. At least to evolve. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like what you're saying is essentially suffering is a choice. And even when, and so is happiness <laughs> and so is happiness. Yeah. So when pain occurs, essentially you can choose to be happy and transform the pain. And so even during the course of feeling the pain and transforming it, you feel happy and it's, you can be happy in pain, absolutely. You, so you can be happy, and there is there are ecstatic forms of pain, but those are that ecstatic feeling does come from the transformation itself. I think so. Like, um, not to get stuck on the concept of pain too hard, but it's just very it, it's stuff like this that made me think you might be uh, a little bit enlightened. How like no matter what I say, no matter what I say about like you have to feel this. You're like, no, you can just skip that and be right there in the good, the golden zone. <laughs> like, cause you, you really are. You're always right there in like the happy, um, I would say you always emanate, uh, a feeling of security to others and you radiate attention. And that's a very bizarre quality in this particular sector of the underworld that we call earth. And, what I mean by that is I've, I've just noticed that you will give the other human being as much room as they want and leeway in a conversation in in eye contact in anything. 
you just always give and I appreciate that. And I appreciate you giving me so much of your time now. I am going to go ahead and wrap up our interview here at, at we're at 111 minutes or not 100, an hour and 11 minutes, sorry. But yeah, I keep seeing 111s Dude, in this conversation. It's, it's all about it, man. You know, <laughs> you know we're in uh, we're in the shift. And so these are the signs, you know, that's a whole nother subject, but you know, these are the signs. We'll have you back for sure, man. This, this is one of my all time favorite conversations on Interverse. I really appreciate you coming on. Um, I'll make sure that if there's anything that you want linked to for yourself in uh, the episode, we'll get that all set up. And I'm sure the audience really loved hearing hearing you talk and we'll be looking forward to the next episode featuring Garrett. Thanks, Chance. So, and uh, the last thing that I want to say, I want to leave you with is love yourself. And that was the most radical thing that you could do to shift the world, for sure. Indeed. Um, I can speak from experience. Uh, I do love myself quite a bit and I don't feel a lot of pain or frustration in my life. And you don't have to feel those things either. You don't have to be angry. You can just start being, you can just start living your dream, man. <laughs> and it comes with those little shifts in the way that you look at yourself. So thank you for sharing. Um, thank you for coming down to this dimension and doing this level over again so that we can see how a master plays. Thank you for doing the same chance. <laughs> Love you, buddy. Love you too. Big thanks again to Garrett for coming on the show and an even bigger thanks to you for listening. It takes a lot for a person to decide that they want to start taking in information that's going to enhance their consciousness and give them new perspectives and challenge their old way of looking at things. And I hope that this show can be that kind of a resource for you. And maybe even for other people, if you could share it with them, other you know, conscious, creative individuals, we could build this tribe, build up a community, and we can all benefit from knowing one another. So if that sounds cool, Maybe you could also consider going to my Patreon, patreon.com slash interverse, and donating at least $1 to the show. The more of you that do this, the sooner I'll be able to be a full-time podcaster and bring you even more epic guests and interesting conversations. Thanks again for listening. I love you. Have an awesome week. <laughs>